0: I'm Ben, and I'm Thomas, and you're listening to The Average Smart Guys Podcast, your wholesome and nerdy show where we'll discuss recent events, movies, and philosophy.
1: Average Smart Guys Podcast. If you haven't already, then subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And if you also want to find us, find some more information about us, check us out at averagesmartguys.wordpress.com, where you can follow our blog and latest blog ca- podcast broadcasts, whatever you want to say, and feel free to leave comments. So, guys, welcome to another episode of Average Smart Guys Podcast. Uh, this is going to be part three of of our four-part series over star wars uh this episode is going to be dealing with more of just the general storyline how all the episodes fit together it's kind of the overarching theme of everything and where we think it's going to go um uh, once again i always have my closest friend thomas he's on the line and he, uh my name is ben and thank you for joining us all right guys how you do so um
0: we're talking about the story of Star Wars, like Ben said, and the the overall story arc of this whole thing, everyone considers it the Skywalker Saga. Episodes 1 through 6, for sure, are considered the Skywalker Saga. We see uh, the rise of uh, you know, Anakin's turn to the dark side, uh, his turn to Darth Vader, him, him con- uh, ruling by the Emperor's side. Uh, in in the the original trilogy, and we see Luke coming into his powers, uh, defeating the Emperor, and so it's all about uh, the Skywalkers for the most part. So we, we see that, uh, especially Anakin, is a key part in all of it. Uh, anything else to add to that, Ben?
1: No, I, I completely agree. It, it you know you have episodes one through six. It's about it's about the Skywalker's in particular. Um, I think you forgot you forgot to mention also Luke um, I and Luke, Luke coming into his powers. Well, yeah, little Luke, but I mean <laughs> it's it's more than just Anakin, and I think a lot of people, especially older people, are going to say this this involves specifically more Luke. Um, but you're right; it, it does involve the entire family and and how they pertain and how their family affects basically the course of this entire universe. Um, it's literally revolved around four people. You have uh, Padme, you have Anakin, you have Luke, and you have Leia. Those are the four Skywalkers that we are aware of. Uh, we'll get back to that later on. Um, but yeah, it's basically their course of how they basically changed the course of this of the Star Wars universe. Um, and so as we kind of mentioned earlier, there is six main episodes. Uh, you have episodes four, five, six, which is kind of the... Uh, original or old series, um, best way to describe it. Um, and then you have Episodes 1, 2, and 3, which are the what used to be considered the new series, but now they're considered the middle series. And then we have, eventually, we've already had one, that's Episode 7, uh, but we'll also have Episodes 7, 8, and 9, which well, I guess will take the place of the new, new series, and we'll see how they fit into everything. We'll kind of talk about that towards probably the end of this episode. Um, but yeah, so... Episodes one through six. So I don't know. Let's just kind of hit it off. I don't know if there's anything in particular that just sticks out on your mind, Thomas. Anything of, at all? Yeah.
0: I, no. I mean, we we see a circle like you said around the Skywalkers. Um, I was thinking as we discuss some of this, we I, I think we need to start with Episode four, right? That that was the first one to come out, and that's when we start seeing this saga play out. Uh, and so episode four uh, is one of the greatest opening scenes. We see the Imperial uh, destroyer chasing the rebel frigate. Uh, they capture it, and that's when uh, they capture Leia, and she sends the droids off to find uh, Ben Kenobi to, to help her. Right? And that's where we see Luke learns, more about his past he learns that his father used to be a jedi uh that his father is was killed by darth vader that's how ben kenobi presents it Uh, he starts to learn that ben kenobi used to be obi-wan kenobi the uh, clone wars jedi general uh it's interesting to me did you ever realize this that luke and vader never face each other in episode four Never directly and never knowingly do they realize what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they do
0: see each other. The only time that they have some sort of direct conflict is, uh, well, I guess see, they do see each other, but is uh, during the trench run when Vader is trying to shoot him down and he says there's this one strong with the Force. But he well, doesn't realize I think who bear- that is.
1: He doesn't realize that it's Luke Skywalker or his son. No, I, I I do believe that. But I do believe also Vader does see him when the Millennium Falcon is escaping. So Obi-Wan just gets, um, gets killed. He sacrifices himself, which I still don't understand that ever. I've never understood what the point of that was. Um, well, the main point is that the actor didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, I'll give you, you that. He wanted to be fine. killed off.
0: But... How does it fit in the story? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just it was it was a it was a cruddy way of doing it, you know whatever. But when Vader turns to see the Millennium Falcon, the door is trying to close in his face. He should see Luke. You're right. He doesn't directly interfere right. with him, but he indirectly does see him, um, though he doesn't realize it's his son. And yeah. you're right. It's just I mean, some at the end scruffy nerve herder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's everything that Anakin hates or vader hates actually i mean if he knew this kid's history tatooine sun sand Sand. he hates that (laughs) he he hates sand so he hates this kid apparently um he doesn't even know it's his kid so that's the best part what are Uh, so yeah
0: what are some other key things that we see play out in the storyline uh that episode four brings that who brings i'm sorry
1: episode four what does episode four reveal about the story um, uh, so it, it, so one thing it does in particular, it also represents, um, there's this huge, um, uh, governing force that we know as the empire. And it's been, it's been shown from the standpoint of it's an evil empire. It's, it's basically laying, uh, complete dominion and power over all the, all the world that it can, it can control and it can touch. And you have this rebel alliance who is this small beat up basically not that many pilots whatever you want to call it um, rebel force that's it's it's going against them and, and you see that and so that sets up the stage for the rest of the series of you know we want to stop this governing force which I think if it was an American every American can relate to that I mean well, that's our history there you know we have this huge opposing force we're this little rebel group we wanted to get rid of it that's how it kind of worked I think that's a, that's a huge thing and it's it's everyone's dream is you want to cheer on for the underdog you don't want to cheer on for the big bad guy or the guy who has all the gun you want the guy who has a little pistol to somehow take on the goliath and beat him like that's what that's what everyone wants so it sets up the stage for that um and it shows us some different characters you know you have you have um han solo and his character with uh, chewbacca and just you know he's the smuggler he's this runner um he basically doesn't – he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't really – he wants to just take care of – he just wants to get paid. That's all he's. Mm-hmm. He's basically a mer- almost a mercenary. He just he doesn't fight. He just wants money. That's all he cares about. Um, and I think I read somewhere originally the intention of Han Solo was he wasn't actually going to fly back at the end of episode four. That was not the original uh, writing. Oh, yeah. They were going to kind of make him just like, yeah, just some guy. Um, But, man, I might be wrong about that. So – but, yeah, he's the smuggler. He's nothing really that important. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of episode four. I'll say one thing, though, that still makes me mad to this day, um, because I will say this is how it connects back to episodes one, two, and three. So episode four is supposed to take place about 20, at most, 30 years. Uh, I would say I think it's 16
0: at, to 20. Yeah. Uh, Skywalker is supposed to be about 16 Maybe 18 when this takes place.
1: Yeah. Or is it 19? It's not, that many, but... yeah, it's not that many years, correct? And what's intriguing to me is everyone in episode 4 completely says the Force is useless. There is no such thing as Jedi. There's, there's no such thing as Sith. There's no such thing as the Force. But literally only only just 15 years before, 16, maybe 20 years before, There was Jedi everywhere. There was the Force everywhere. People were aware of it. It's not like it just disappeared out of the realm of existence. Like, I'm sure they had some somewhat good, you know, um, history and they could, you know, they could record this. Maybe they had their little Twitter or whatever it was at the time. It wasn't that hard. I mean, like, literally, it didn't skip a couple generations. It literally only, you know, it was one generation after, and everyone's just like, there's no such thing as the Force. Even Han Solo was like, yeah, I don't believe in that mumbo-jumbo. It's it's only been 15 years before. He should know exactly. He's well, probably 25 years old. He was 10 years old when it all went down.
0: Yeah, well, I think he's close to their age when it takes place. Okay. Um, well, he's he's close to Luke and Leia's age. Uh, he's, he's young, youngish. He's a young um, smuggler. But I think to your point, to the credit of them not knowing about all the jedis is i don't think the jedis were as prominent as we think they were we see them a lot in the original trilogy because they're kind of a central point i mean jedis are some of the main characters but if you look at the council the council was what maybe 10 20 jedi masters And then so you probably had you probably had less than a couple hundred which still seems a lot but you're looking at a galaxy and so people knew of them like we know of monks we know of Buddhist monks and apparently Buddhist monks have powers Um, we'll get into the relation of that next week FYI Um, but do we really believe in in those powers the same way Um, I know it's a it's 2,000 years later uh, so it's a bigger difference but we, we don't look at uh, miracles the same that people did when Christ walked the earth. Uh, uh, and so and because one was also select few who actually did it. And so when you have Jedis, they weren't walking down the street everywhere. Uh, and so I think I think that has a part to do it. You know, you had some people even then who didn't really believe in the Jedi or the Force. They thought they were just a bunch of weird guys hanging out in the temple uh, with their lightsabers and so i think that kind of gets spread and then of course when they're all wiped out for about 20 years completely and you there's just nothing and especially since let's say han and some of these guys were maybe children when the great purge happened when when the empire <laughs> took over so um, there's i think there's some credibility to that uh, but mm-hmm. but i think that's a good point to bring up is that you see that people don't remember the jedis they don't remember the force that it, and it plays on this theme of moving more into a modern age or so of relying on one's own abilities and and science and mechanics i'm not saying all of that is bad i'm just just saying that for them no. getting rid of the
1: no they i forget compl- the force completely. right I completely agree that you know especially i don't want to make
0: commentary that (laughs) that modern age is bad that's not what i'm saying
1: no it's exactly let's like we see that with the direction with vader when he is having um they have that particular meeting on the death star about how when it's going to be operational and things of that nature and the vader you know references you know never under you know never underestimate the power of of the force and everyone there seems like Man, you're just some old man. You're crazy stuff like that. But it's just that's always been intriguing to me. Is they mm. they just like it was? It wasn't like it was a hundred years later. It was just only fifteen years. So to, to leave the existence. But I, I completely agree. It's
0: yeah, Admiral it, Tarkin. I think it was him. He even says your religion is dead, Vader. And yeah. And so we, we see that that shift, that change. And so some people remember it, but they're like, it's gone now. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, so that's that sets up episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that episodes episode four from episode three. That that's the biggest connection that I make with that. Yeah. Um. But we'll we'll keep moving forward, and I think four, five, and six, and then we'll come back yeah. to one, two, three. So
0: episode five, we see the rebellion continue. hmm Um. You, you think after blowing up the Death Star that it was done? But no, they have to keep fighting, and they're still hiding after a major victory like that. Which I think is a good point because sometimes the big victories like that don't end the war. I mean, the leadership was still in place. Vader and the Emperor were still alive, uh, and so they could they still remass forces. I mean, the Death Star wasn't all of the the, the fleet, uh, and so so there you, you still see the rebellion fighting. You still see this this uh, clash between the superpower or or against Goliath and David, like you said earlier. Um, What else, Ben?
1: You know, okay, so you have episode five. You know, one of the things that I take away from episode four is, you're right, they blew up this Death Star you think would end. um, But at the same time, I I don't think, I I think it's very, it's like, ah, it's like you just, you know, you just blew out someone's, you blew up the, the air carrier ship. Yeah, you took out the probably the biggest and baddest ship out there, but you still have 500 other ships you still have to take care of. Yeah. Um. And and you and that's what this is going to be coming down to. Also, you know when we leave episode four. Yeah, they're celebrating, cheering, but literally they have minutes. I mean, I don't know why they're cheering. They need to evacuate. They they you know everyone knows where their rebel base is. It's on this moon. You know, um, they're going to have to, back they don't have time for a ceremony, even though they do at the end of the movie, they need to be <laughs> evacuating him and moving. And so, so episode five starts off and I know this for a lot of people, this is one of their favorite, ep- favorite episodes. I can't stand episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm oh, sorry. Episode five. I can't stand it. I I, I, I don't enjoy it. Um, and partially because I see it from my kids eyes. It just wasn't fun. It just wasn't fun for me. There, You know, you have a lot of almost, I think, background exposition that's being played out. There's a lot of things. Build- it's basically building Episode 6. That's pretty much all I feel like it's doing. Um, it's setting the stage for Episode 6 in, in all these ways. Um, it, to me, it's just it's just kind of a middle movie. That's that's where I see it as. Um, you see kind of more character building. You see Hanso and Princess Leia's Kind of semi ongoing um, relationship that they want to have but can't. Um, you see Leia and Luke's kind of relationship that's weird because they don't know everything yet. Um, <laughs> they kiss. They okay. kiss. We'll tell they you kiss. why that's weird in a minute. Yeah, that's really weird in a minute. Um, you have you have Vader. You have this moon. This you this weird crater worm. I mean, he has all these weird. There's a lot of elements they just kind of threw in. It was cool. Um, you have you do have the introduction of Yoda. Which up until this point, if you didn't have, if you had not seen episode one, two, and three, which we're going to say, you know, you probably haven't. You know, most people um, hadn't at the time. You have this old character, you don't know who he is. He's teaching things. He's frail, but he's this wise old man um, or a frog that's teaching teaching whatever species. Yeah, he's basically a frog. He's Kermit the Frog's <laughs> great ancestor. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're just you're just having all this character development and plot point, and at that point, they literally stick it in your face and say, um, "Spoiler alert, that Vader is uh, Luke's father," Mm -hmm. which contradicts everything in the episode four. If you think about it, Um, though, they try to play it off. They talk about. In episode four, that Luke's father was killed by Vader. And then in episode five, they say, Well, he was killed in the sense of meta- yeah, more on the mental... Well, that's it- part of it, though, when,
0: when they... I mean, yes, we, when we think killed, we think outright killed. But for, at least for a Jedi, I mean, he didn't just fall, but he, Anakin died... And Darth Vader was born, and so you see this personality changes. Uh, uh, I don't know if you want to consider that a, like almost a metaphysical change. It's, it's a shift, yeah, yeah. But we see that, and so I mean, I know that's kind of for some people that was like a no, come on, what a what a rip off kind of thing. But uh, it, there was some truth, and 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 some people talk about that Ben Kenobi was trying to. Uh, save Luke's feelings, his emotions, um, especially to know that his father became the the great Sith Lord that was oppressing half the the galaxy. Uh, what what would that do to him, right? Especially since he didn't learn to late that he was a Jedi. Um, would would him knowing that help cause him to fall into the dark side? Because uh, when I mean, we see the the struggle, the emotions and stuff of that. And so maybe that's why Ben Kenobi said that was to he, he was lying. Right. He wasn't trying to say a
1: metaphor, but he was lying to Luke. Oh, no. So to save it, his feelings. So it's 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 a it's an issue on the writing that I think some people have. Right. But yeah. getting back to the other point, seeing that moment and having that moment of Oh my gosh, Vader is his father, like that was a mind blowing element to the whole movie. The whole franchise, and it's crazy to me now if you take into account one, episodes one, two, three, and four. If you watch it in the numeric order, so one, two, three, four, and then five, that's not going to be a mind blower.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. But watching in episodes four, five, six, and then one, two, three, what s- blows your mind in episode five is oh my gosh, this is his fa- his father, he's fought him, oh my gosh, like he could have been killed. he... Like he didn't know. It's just all these things that get brought up, um, which I think is a lot of these these youngins, these uh, new kids on the block. I like to say, as they watch Star Wars, they're not going to have that same feeling. They're not going to have that same effect. I know we talked about that last episode, mm-hmm. um, but they're not going to have that same feeling of, oh my gosh, like this is his father kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's all um, I thought. Of episode five. And another key thing in episode five,
0: you mentioned Yoda. You know, Luke started his training with Obi Wan. Uh, didn't really get much. Right, he got some training on the Millennium Falcon as they were going to the Death Star, or they get captured by the Death Star, uh, and and then Obi Wan sacrifices himself. So Luke's training is shot, and so uh, he then told by the Force Ghost Obi Wan to go to uh, Dagobah to find Yoda. And we see the crazy senile frog, like you said. And it's it's so crazy to see that Yoda and then watch episodes one through three and compare the two Yodas. Because you're like, this guy is just a fool, right? This is your cheesy 70s, 80s gimmick kind of thing. But you see him acting a fool to test Luke in some ways. And then his wiseness comes out. And you see, this is the old Jedi master. Uh and yep. so, but we see Luke's training. He gets more training. Another key thing, part of his training, is that he has to go to uh, Dagobah. Is strong in the dark side. It's one of those natural dark side places, uh, or is, is strong in the Force. And that's why partially why Yoda hid there, so that uh, the Emperor nor Vader could sense him, because it, it masked his his personal Force or uh, whatever. But there's a scene where Luke has to go into this um, dense part of the forest or something. And it's it, that specifically is really strong in the dark side of the force. And he has to go in to kind of see, to kind of face himself. And that's where he we, he sees that vision of him fighting Vader. And when he cuts Vader's helmet off, or his head off, the mask pops open and it's Luke's face. And so you see that Luke has to face the dark side. He has to face himself. He has to conquer himself so that he doesn't succumb to the dark side. Yep. Now, while he's training, he senses his friends in trouble because Darth Vader captures them uh, to to entice Luke out. And so Luke is told by Yoda, don't go. You're not ready. You need to train more because he senses the turmoil of his emotions uh, and he fears what that he's going to do the same thing that Anakin did. Well, he runs off, faces Vader, and he finds out that Vader is his father. So you see a lot in this uh, episode setting up the possibility of Luke falling into the dark side. It sets up all that, and so I think there's a lot of the like the, the asteroid worm and some of this other stuff could have been done without. But we we when you look at Luke and his training and the possibilities of what that means. Uh, this episode does a lot for that. Yep. All right,
1: so episode six. So, yeah. So we moved to episode six. Um, this is my personal favorite of the entire. Amen ent- to that. A- entire series. Um, I hope I didn't contradict myself in my last. I think you did, episode. but episode
0: six is a great one. Now I will yeah. say, sometimes I depends on my mood on which one is my favorite.
1: Yeah. There's different but aspects,
0: only- so I'll give but- you some slack on that.
1: Yeah, you know, I actually don't remember now what, which one I consider. I mean, I, that's what I, I think I've always said. But anyway. I think you said episode know, one to, is your favorite. Episode one? Yes. Of the Phantom Menace. No, I did not say that. I said that maybe <laughs> of one. I may have said that of one, two, three, it's my favorite. Oh. I would have never said it over the entire seven episodes. Anyway, um, episode six, probably my favorite of the um, – Definitely of the four, five, and six. It's also one, two, and three. Six is still my favorite. Um, and it sets up a lot. It's the, the, the finale, the grand closure, the third act, whatever you want to call it um, And in terms of the story. It was supposed to be the closing end. It's supposed to wrap up all the questions we might have. Um, will Luke become like his father? Will Luke um, bring balance to the force, essentially? All these questions were raised. Will the rebel force dis- destroy Defeat the Empire. All these questions, you know, he have answered, and and we get our resounding answers in that. And you know, it's it's a pretty significant answer of yeah, that's the whole point of the movie. That's why everyone's so happy. They they destroy the take care of the the second Death Star, um, which is being built. Which apparently they got a lot faster building the second (laughs) one. Um, um, and they get taken. I think it.
0: I think it is like five to ten years between Episode three and Episode six.
1: In episode four and episode six. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, no, and that's a that's a that's a strong, yeah. Let's go with that. Um, you know, and there could have been also said they could have had a sick one in the process of being built. Who knows? Um, but you have this, you have this closure, you have this ending, and, and for the most part, it brings resolutions all around. Do we find out that Luke will, will continue training? Um, he's completed his training, but he will become more of a Jedi. Um, stronger than than anyone else that we know of. Um, he defeats his father. Um, not necessarily. De- yeah, he basically defeats his father, but he also learns from his father, um, and and almost doesn't doesn't want to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn why and how that affects everything. Um, you see, Luke. Uh, Luke. You see the relationship between Luke and Leia finally dissolve, Thank goodness. Um, they find out they're brother and sister. Yeah. Uh, Han Solo finally makes his moves. Um, and for the most part everything comes to resounding in of course everyone's non-favorite part this is the part that my dad would hate he still hates about this movie is that the reason they win the war is over a bunch of teddy bears <laughs> I mean that's how they win there's a bunch of teddy bears it goes to the movie if you haven't seen it um, but yeah so that I think that's kind of there isn't much it's just the end of the series or at least what we think of is it should be the end of the entire Star Wars saga
0: yeah we, we see the, the rebels. This is another big mass. The rebels fighting against the Empire. They learn of the new Death Star, and, we, we, and they're trying to do another big blow, and they're hoping a final blow, but the Emperor sets it all up to be a trap to make it a final blow against the Rebellion, to squash it once and for all. All of it was a setup. They thought the Death Star wasn't operational. Um... It it was a fully operational battle station, as the Emperor likes to say. Uh, They, you know, there's a fleet hiding behind the moon, so it came out and and attacked them. And so we see that. uh, But we also, I mean, some of it was to help pull out Luke. I, I don't think, I don't know, I'll go back and forth, but the Emperor, I think he wanted to get Luke and he wanted to turn him to the dark side. But I think if he had died fighting on the moon or on one of the ships, he would have been just fine with that. You know, like, oh, whatever, that's another Jedi dad. Uh, but it was Vader who really wanted to face Luke, wanted to turn him, wanted to, he wanted his son. Uh, and, and Luke, likewise, really wanted to get his father back that's why he goes to him instead of just doing the job. He's like, I I mean, if he had just done his job on the moon, maybe they would have, maybe it would have worked out anyways. Uh, But he said, I've got to save my father. I've got to turn him back. Uh, When we see Luke first show up uh, on Tatooine in this episode, uh, we see that he is a, he considers himself a Jedi master, That he's, Finishes training somehow. I don't know how, with no one around. But uh, he says I've become uh, a Jedi like my father, and so uh, we see well, him he lear- come
1: into fully. He, he he learns from Yoda. I mean, Yoda is still around the beginning of the of the Episode Six movie. He dies in the very beginning. No, he dies in Episode Five.
0: Oh, he does? No. I
1: thought he he no, no he you're vis- right. He visits Yoda in the end yeah, of the he episode. he saves he saves Han
0: and then he goes back to Yoda and then that's when Yoda says "Too late, bro. I'm down."
1: Yeah, I'm down. I'm <laughs> I so so old. Um, um uh okay. It, and but back to
0: Luke facing Vader, right? They fight each other. Uh the Emperor keeps telling him to strike him down in anger and uh and everything, but he resists that. And, and, and the one kind of key visual that I want to point out before we move on is that Luke is always wearing black. We see him wearing black in a lot of this episode. When he shows up on Tatooine to the Hutt's palace when he fights Vader um, and, and people like to point this out that when he resists the dark side, his his coat opens up and it reveals white. Showing that yes he had the potential to come to the dark side but he resisted. Uh, and then he uh, helped his father turn from the dark side, and they all went. Anything else yeah. to add to that?
1: Yeah, uh, so I know as we move into episodes one two and three, I want to also bring up this other um, key point that's kind of been, that needs to be taken. so the comparison of Anakin to Luke isn't that much of a difference when you compare the both the reasons they both uh, use the force um, and when they acted out against Jedi Protocol was both for someone they loved and cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, the case of Anakin, Anakin was, was Leia, or not Leia, um, Padme, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and then you have Luke, who, who wants to win his father back, and he steps outside what some would say the Jedi Code. He he literally was going to step outside the Code uh, instead of striking down his father to, to basically bring balance. He's like, no, I have to save him. And so that's an interesting point. That I think it can be brought up later on is where 7, 8, and 9 will come into play as well. Um, so I, I just want to make sure we take that away, and um, yeah, that's my key point that I would take away as we move into Episodes 1, 2, and 3.
0: Okay. Um, we're going to try and speed through 1, 2, and 3 a little bit because we know they're not everyone's favorites, but there's yep. some key things in the storyline that they help us to. Um, the key thing I, that I find and uh, – two key things that I'll say real quick about Episode 1 uh, is that we know that the, Re- the Republic is at its height. It's doing well. The, the Jedi, I mean, the, the Sith Empire has been defeated for thousands of years. They believe the Sith to be defeated. The Sith come back. We see that with uh, Darth Maul. And they start to learn that Darth Maul isn't alone. He can't be the master. Uh, we learn a little bit more about the Force. And then they find Anakin, right? Yeah. They find Anakin, and they talk about a prophecy. They believe that he is the one to bring about balance in the Force. And so that's that's what this, um, some of the political side that we see that the, the Sith biding their time, um, and then we see Jedi prophecy and Anakin, and Anakin's the one to bring balance to the Force. Those are some key things in that one.
1: So uh, I'm also going to speed it, help speed it along. You know, my couple key, key highlights is you're right, you, you mentioned everything. Um, the one thing um, I think you kind of, I don't think you detail a little bit differently than I would say is. Um, we have the Sith, they see him. they know that they come in pairs. They don't know if, um, well, what's his, what was his name? Darth, Darth Maul is, is the master or the student. They don't know which one he is, mm-hmm. uh, but they do know they come in pairs. Now, let's bring up this point. You mentioned that we definitely know that Anakin is what supposedly is going to bring balance to the Force. That's the big prophecy. The question that comes into play that I have is if, they believe the Sith have been eradicated. What balance do they think Anakin will bring? Um, the only way it can balance, if that case, if there's so many Jedi, then that that means, must mean, in their mind, Anakin is the anti. Because that, that's the only way it can balance. Like, it doesn't do anything else. So to me, that should have been a, a red flag raised. Just, there isn't any Sith left, so how can he balance the Force? It's, it's just an interesting point to make, I, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, they know the dark side still <laughs>
0: exists, and I guess they, they they worry that the Sith could always come back. And so to have, yeah. The have, I mean, that prophecy is there. How does it play out? I mean, they may they may be oh. wrong, and that leads me to episode two. I, I think it's episode two. Maybe three, but Yoda at some point says, uh, "Maybe we misread the prophecy." Maybe this is—I think it's episode three after Anakin kills everyone—and we'll get to that in a minute. But and and so that so maybe there's some misunderstanding with prophecies, right? Some people do that nowadays still. Uh, uh, So to be to give credit to that, I mean that's a good point to bring up. If they think they're gone, then why why does the prophecy matter? Yeah. And so why why do they think that now it's being fulfilled? Uh, But as they see that the the sith are coming back they're probably they're probably looking to that as more proof uh, okay so episode two
1: yeah so you have episode two. Oh yeah you forgot to mention this this is a great point you have to bring up episode introduced one episode one introduced one of the best characters of all time oh, Binks. he was the <laughs> best character everyone knows it i absolutely love him if i could i get a tattoo of him right now Um, no, I'm not kidding on. I'm actually, seriously, uh, never do that. I can't stand the character, but anyway, that's just a point I had to bring up. Um, we get to see all of his, I don't know, lots of his actions in the later movies that single handedly bring down the entire Republic all because of him. Um, I know. (laughs) So, so episode two, um, this is some people, what they consider one of their favorites. I, i don't really care for episode two in the, in the series I, I like i said i go one then two then three i hate three actually I really. yeah um episode one introduces us more so to the, the relationship between anakin and Padme. we see that happening we finally begin to see the details of um sorry of the emperor um or who will the Emperor be, who he is, who is the actual Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that kind of character start breaking out. I'm there's any other big highlights. There's a lot of things in Episode 2 that a lot of people quickly kind of just hint at is a lot of things don't actually pertain to the storyline. For example, the the little dart that Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. finds and he takes to the— um The Yeah, well, before he before how he finds out, he takes it to some shop or some diner, and the guy remembers. Oh yeah, here's the markings. If he hadn't have done that, would that have affected the storyline? Because he wouldn't have ever gone. I'm sure eventually they still would have gotten their clone wars. Would have made a difference. That's kind of thing. Like did it did it actually add to the story? I feel like a lot of the stuff in episode two was more for fluff. Didn't really add to the story. That's just something the I don't know I pick up on. Um, but yeah, you you do. So, as Thomas mentioned, there is a secret army that's being built, a clone army, um, and all of its weapons. That basically, for some reason, which I don't think it ever actually answers the question, just that a Jedi came along and put in an order for all these troops that would be paid by the Republic, and that's it. There's never any details of why that's actually happened. I'm sure the the book series, the, or any the book-
0: Clone Wars, cartoon series, kind of. Uh, helps explain that, especially uh, season six that netflix Netflix created does help that um okay, uh, I believe it's that that's that season. Uh, yeah, and and going back to my point from episode one, we see the 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 Sith working in the background, biding their time. You mentioned the Emperor coming to rise. He um, the soon to be emperor becomes the Chancellor of the Republic. Uh, so he's kind of like the uh, speaker of the house or something. I'm not sure yes. how to relate that to, but uh, and so he becomes the chancellor. He becomes one of the strongest political powers uh, in the republic right now, and he's been working behind the scenes to get a clone army ready because he plans on creating a war, this strife, which and we always see war is when power comes in. We saw it in the, the with the Romans. Um, they they're afraid of war. They they gave power to the Caesar, right? They used, they didn't have um, Caesars in the beginning. It was a, and, and so they gave power to the Caesar, and that's when the em, became an empire instead of a republic in yeah. a sense. Um, and so we kind of see some of that play out in this. Uh, he's he's working his way up the chain of power. Uh, he's churning Jedi's and that no one knows, or using them, at least tricking them to do. His bidding to create this clone army that's made in secret um, we see the we see a civil war kind of break out between the Republic and the separatists people are wanting to separate from the Republic because they find it to be oppressive and we can relate this probably to the American Civil War those of us who are familiar with that
1: uh, enough I also would say that the separatists are the early form of the rebellion in episodes four, five, and six. Um, that in some ways they could see that there was a coming oppressive force. Um, even um, what's his name, uh, uh, the Jedi who uh, who is uh, who's semi evil Count Dooku. He's, Count Dooku. Yeah. He talks about this rebellious force towards the Sith Lord, and he tries to convince Obi Wan to come join his side and say, "Let's let's take him out. Let's stop him." And it almost, in that moment, sounds like he's aware of this Jedi. Count Dooku is real realized that there were some bad things about to happen, and he actually actually wants to help. We can't. I, I mean, you can't really ascertain either way, but I feel like he almost wants to help, and he's trying to. Now they're going at extreme level. They're trying to kill people and you know, um, they're trying to kill Padme and everyone else, but there is a sense of we must stop this while we have a chance. Mm -hmm. That is the form of Separatists. I mean, the Separatists also um, are just extremists in some cases of the Rebellion, which we see that in uh, the Rogue One movie. I mean, that we we see two sides of the Rebellion, one who's extreme and one that's not, um, which we won't really hit over. So anyway, that's episode two, just something to take away. Yeah,
0: and I think that goes back to Darth Sidious pulling strings. He's manipulating Count Dooku. Count Dooku might have good intentions, but he's being manipulated, and he's doing more evil than good in, on a grand scheme. Yep. Uh, so Clone Wars breaks out. right? We hear about the Clone Wars in Episode 4 when Leia once, Ben Kenobi, hey, you fought with my father in the Clone Wars. We've always wanted the Clone Wars. We got the Clone Wars. And that's why I love Episode 2, is th- those, those last couple scenes when the Clone Wars breaks out and all the battles. Like, that's just awesome to me. All right. And now episode two takes place about 10 years after episode one because uh, Anakin is now about 16, 17. Um, and then we move on to episode three. I can't remember if that's like another 10 years or something because the Clone Wars lasted a long time. But um, in, in between that, you can go watch the Clone Wars cartoons, get what you want out of that. But uh, we see the Clone Wars coming to an end in Episode 3. It right, opens with a big scene where there's a new general, bad general on the scene, who's captured uh, the Chancellor. And uh, and we see in that scene, the Chancellor, which we know as Darth Sidious or the Emperor, is trying to make uh, Anakin fall to the dark side. He, Anakin... Uh, beats Count Dooku, Uh, Obi-Wan's knocked out, and so the the Chancellor's telling him to kill him, strike him dead, because he knows that will help him fall more on the dark side. Anakin tries to resist, knowing that it's wrong, but he obeys the Chancellor and does it anyways, and that, that really begins his fall into the dark side. Oh, sorry, going back to episode two, we see Anakin having dreams about his mother dying, uh, mm. He goes to Tatooine to, to hunt down his mother to save her. Finds out that the Sand People essentially tortured and killed her. And he murders the entire... He slaughters the entire uh, Sand People tribe. So we see his emotions taking the better of him and him falling into the dark side. Um, and we see the same thing in Episode 3. He sees visions of Padme dying. His emotions get the better of him. And, he, and we see throughout the movie... At him doing everything he can to save her which helps his fall into the dark side. His emotions get the better of yep. him. Right. anything else to add?
1: Uh no, I uh, I think you, you summed it up. Um it sets up the st- obviously it sets up the stage for episode 4 um in terms of um Anakin becomes Vader, everyone he loves dies, uh, and the whole and once again the whole reason we see why Anakin becomes Vader, the reason he's doing all this is he he starts to have um dreams again uh, obviously of patame dying and so he wants to save her he doesn't want to lose her like he lost his mom um and this is where you really get to see the breakdown of how the sith and jedi operate you know the jedi operate in a sense of don't let your feelings ever control you in fact don't really have feelings it's almost a sense of don't have feelings like they almost mm-hmm. want you to be kind of mindless and numb to everything the opposite of the sith the sith kind of they, they, they operate on feelings more so, and I would say specifically, anger and hate and fear. Those are the the ones they operate on. And so Anakin, in his act of protecting, his fear of losing Padme, he begins to operate in those feelings. And so that's where you can make a direct connection between, you can say, Luke and Anakin. Mm-hmm. Luke wants to save his father. He doesn't want to lose him. He's afraid to lose his father in some ways, and that's why he won't strike him down. Anakin, on the other hand, doesn't lose Padme, but is willing to do what is ever is necessary to save her. Um, I think it's quite interesting that Luke doesn't necessarily want to do. He, in fact, implores the opposite method of, "I am not going to purposely do anything to help hurt 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 him." I guess per se. So, um, but both but both are seen by if there was a Jedi Council in the episode four, five, and six, it would be seen as. You're operating outside those laws. And I'll, I'll bring up why that's so important in episodes 7, 8, and 9 um, down the road of what some things I could really could take to that. Um, so like I said, they're operating on a feelings and emotions, and that's where they both get – one of them gets into trouble. One of them does good. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah, So
0: and, and uh, to kind of contrast that as we move on, uh, episodes 1 through 3, we see the Jedi Council in power, uh, that we see them following the Jedi Code no attachments control your feelings Uh, you have a duty to the people you have a duty to the the Jedi order you have this duty that comes before your own feelings your own love affairs and everything and then like you said the Sith the opposite emotions uh, is more egotistical Uh, and then but we see there's no Jedi order or Jedi Council or anything in episodes four through six, and so there's there's this potential for a change in this uh, in how the Jedi function, right? Uh, maybe they are a little bit more loose. Uh, Qui Gon is considered kind of a a rogue Jedi in some senses. I, I mean, I, I use that term lightly. He 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 doesn't follow the code the T because he thinks there's other ways and so he's not you know we we see Obi-Wan say hey if you would just obey the council and the code you'd be on the council yourself but since you keep rebelling against this uh, this is why they keep making you kind of a a footman uh, and stuff and so we see him Qui-Gon is one of the first Jedis that we know of uh, bending the rules Luke doesn't quite have those rules yet, and so maybe they, they change, or because there's not many out there, they have to change. And that kind of leads me into uh, the new trilogy, 7 through 9. What is going to come of the Jedi in this one? Uh, some people speculate that Luke is maybe, he might go back and try to bring the original Jedi Council, you know, that the Jedi Order, the jedi code all that back or he may just kind of do it differently than that um but we do see the the light side versus the dark side still anything uh, anything else in the original saga i don't want to get ahead of myself that we missed that needs to be mentioned no. for the story okay
1: no i i don't think so i think um i think we're good to move forward on the on, from the original saga to the new series Um, yeah, cause that's what we're, what I'm about to talk about is exactly on 7, 8, and 9. So, um, what you just kind of covered. Okay. So, So, um, on that note, we'll go ahead and move in kind of quickly. Um, as we kind of end up in sort of near here. Um, uh, so 7, 8, 9, 7 is the only one that's officially out. Um, uh, anyway, episode seven deals with basically so many years after the end of episode six, the somewhat empire has fallen. somewhat completely somewhat not it's It's never it hasn't been
0: explained yet i uh, I think if you read the book aftermath i haven't done it uh, and so if you would like to comment on our blog and add to it please do so but it's my understanding that the empire has fallen and so you see the republic rising and the the first order rising from the ashes so you kind of see more of this um not fully equal but it is it's a more two sides fighting against each other again. Um, yeah. Trying to regain and re, you know, recreate the galaxy in a sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah, cut you
1: off. No, 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 I think it's exactly. So you, you so episode seven dealing with that, you're introducing some new characters. Uh, one particular is name is her name is Ray. Um, Ray is uh, basically an orphan. who has been left on a, uh, Sand like planet, not Tatooine this time though. Jack, Jack, cool, and you don't know the storyline of her, her past. You just know that she was left there. She's basically just trying to survive, um, and she's introduced to some other characters who I don't think have really any major impact other than one is a great pilot. Um, we have another one who is a what would be considered uh, a. Uh, Stormtrooper, but he isn't a clone. He is just a normal stormtrooper who was also taken from birth, uh, who, who's decided he is not going to be one. Um, and then you have um, basically a new uh, um, Dark Lord. Uh, his name is, and I always forget his name. I can't understand why. Uh, uh, who's... Oh my goodness. Snoke. No, 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 no. Well, not Snoke, but the other one. Oh, Kylo who Ren? Was... Yeah, Kylo Ren, who, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, I don't care, um, is basically Han Solo's son, who goes by the name of Ben, but he's actually Kylo Ren. He is Han Solo and Princess Leia's son. Um, so that's kind of setting up everything. So there is some Skywalker blood still in there. Now, the question of the hour that everyone's asking, and I we'll guess we'll, we'll, get, we'll answer right now, is where does 8-9 take place, especially with how Ray fits into everything at the end of episode seven. We do see that she is a force user. She has the ability to manipulate the force. She is very powerful just as much as Kylo Ren is very powerful. Um, and i like so to Be- add, she's
0: had no training.
1: She's yeah. She's had no formal training. Um, uh, so, and Luke is out of the picture at this point. He is in hiding, um, but he is found by the end of the, at the end of the movie. It's we'll talk about that real quick. Um, but anyway, Ray is this powerful Force user who, with no training, is able to use the Force. So it begs the question of where does her lineage come from? And there's all spe- there's all sorts of speculation. Could it be Luke's other child? Could she be the sister of uh, Kylo Ren? Possibly. There's a whole lot of these questions that could be asked. Um, and I won't actually try to answer those. I let, I might let Tama try to answer those. <laughs> but the thing I want to bring up very quickly is at the end of the movie, you find Luke. He is found. Um, and he's old, and he's wearing a gray kind of gray clothing, and I know that's kind of not really specific, but I want to bring up this point. Um, we've all this time we've been seeing the Jedi, we've seen the Dark Lord, we see the opposite of each other, but there's never been a median in between. You've never seen someone who operates perfectly in balance in between the two. Um, I find that to be interesting. Of what if the balance of the, the balance uh, bring the balance of the Force is someone who actually is in the balance he's someone who uses both sides he can control his emotions but also use emotions in a a, a way that makes his force power be respectful and I think maybe that's where I see Luke in in this portray is he is looking for the answer because he realizes the Jedi's they've put this strict code which yes they made them really good and operate really well and the Sith have done the same in their own thinking but what if there's something dead in between and is there something better and I think that's why you kind of look at Luke you see him in this gray outfit and that kind of represents a neutral color it's in between dark it's in between light but it's right there in the middle and so what if the force is also going to be right there in the middle and those that can wield the force in the middle are stronger than the light and the dark I guess that makes a good... That's all I want to bring up It's just a curious point. Um, But I'll let Thomas answer, bring up any points he might have over Episode 7 or 8 and 9, if you want to go forward with that. Um, We do see, they
0: talk about in flashbacks, so sometime between Episode 6 and Episode uh, 7, which is about a 30-year gap, that Luke did uh, start training young Padawans. He did start... He did try bringing the Jedi back, and that is Snoke's fear... Uh, we're not sure if Snoke is an actual Sith Lord or not. Um, we do see Kylo Ren turn to the dark side. He was one of Luke's students. And it's Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren, some other dark side, at least Force-sensitive, if not Force users, uh, help destroy uh, Luke's students. right? And so Luke goes... Goes into hiding out of his failure uh, with Kylo Ren and his failure to protect his padawan's. Uh, so that's some of it. So he's trying to figure out. There's got to be balance somehow. So I th- that's an interesting thought. Like I'm, I'm curious if he's trying to find something with that or not.
1: And there's one point with that. And I also think it could also be the argument made that Luke goes into hiding to protect. If let's say Ray is his child or maybe his niece it would be advisable for him to go into hiding to protect her because the getaway is far from her. Um, that way it doesn't bring, and that's why she's abandoned yeah. because if no one knows that she's supposed to exist, because she could be, um, seven or eight years younger than Kylo Ren. So she might be out of the L round or Kylo Ren might not remember depending on when he went into training and how fast he went into training. Um, she could be his sister as a whole, or he, she could be her, his cousin, all these other things yeah. that, could, that could really take a place. So a lot of people think that Rey is a
0: Skywalker, and the proof that that I think is kind of leans towards that is that she's very powerful in the, the Force. Right, Anakin was very powerful naturally. We see Luke being pretty powerful. I mean, he didn't have years; he didn't grow up because the Jedi usually trained from childhood. Uh, Luke. Waited until he was um, a young adult before he started his training. We see that, that they're powerful in the Force, and Rey is naturally talented and powerful in the Force. So there's there's one kind of evidence that people will use, okay, she might very well be a Skywalker. And we look at the, uh, the lightsaber calling out to her. Right? We, know, we know that was Anakin's, and we know that was Luke's. That was the one that, uh, when his hand got cut off on Bespin, that, that's, that's that lightsaber right? so that was used by Anakin and that was used by Luke both so there's a lineage there already and so it might be calling out to Rey because she is a Skywalker and she's powerful in the force it, it wants it's, I don't know the force is, I say the lightsaber the force is drawing her to it drawing her to her destiny um, which we know for sure that she's to be a Jedi That's our destiny. Like We can all agree on that. And so those are some of the key things that people will will use to say that she is a Skywalker. But if you also the voices that are speaking to her when the lightsaber is calling out to her you also hear Obi-Wan's voice. And so some people, and I would love this uh, think that she is she's uh, she's a Kenobi. That Obi-Wan had a kid or she's a little too young I think for that to be obi-Wan's kid but maybe it's his, his granddaughter, granddaughter maybe yeah. somehow and and there's some connection there. Luke found out that Obi-Wan had a kid because Obi-Wan had a love affair with a Mandalorian um, and uh, and so maybe she had a kid through that love affair and uh, raised the grandkid so there's there's that connection. Uh, And so that brings me to my next question is 789 going to be a continuation of the Skywalker saga. I mean, we'll see that some with with Kylo Ren He is a Skywalker by by his mother's side But will Ray be a Skywalker? So we see Skywalker versus Skywalker bringing balance to the force or is it um, a Kenobi or someone completely unrelated who uh, brings balance to the force because i think that prophecy is still in play in some sense maybe we saw it happen with vader vader comes back to the light side he he helps defeat the emperor so there's some balance there but will ray will episodes eight and nine play on that more of of that prophecy and then what kind of lineage what kind of connection does ray have with um, i guess with 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 the original saga
1: yeah, no, I completely agree. And then, um, uh, as we kind of come into our closing thoughts, if if, there's any, if you have any closing thoughts, um, my thought on what you just said was you have Kylo Ren who could who is definitely a Skywalker by his mom's lineage, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have um, Ray who could be a Skywalker as well. And as they bring balance to the Force, what does that mean? Because if the if it's say that's true, then that must mean they both are equal. And so the only way you can actually do anything in, let's say, if you take it from a math sense, an equation sense, would be that they would have to cancel each other out. They would eventually have to destroy each other. That would be the only way to bring balance. Otherwise, they both have to – either they both must exist forever or their lineage must continue, essentially, or they both must, unfortunately, both have to perish for it to finally balance out. And then since the force would finally be – Removed. Um, you would still have maybe some users but nothing would ever be essentially ever strong ever again, and therefore there would be no more Force, uh, or Jedi, or Sith. And I think that's actually probably a good point to bring up. That would mean um, that Luke would have to perish as well, and so that would be the end of all, of all, of all the Force.
0: Unless what you said earlier is a is the case where one where every Force user, as best as they can, holds. Both sides in themselves in yeah. balance,
1: which correct? would make sense because then you could have you could if you take the equation right now, um, Ray could be a Jedi, Luke could be, oh sorry not Luke, uh, Kylo Ren could be a Sith, and in, in the middle, which would still balance the equation, you have Luke, theoretically, um, I know that, but of course if Luke teaches, uh, Ray, then that would mean she would be another. Middle, middle ground person, so right.
0: And um, Kylo, I mean, I have to expect that Ray, or even Leia. I mean, I, I see, especially Luke coming back, trying to save Kylo, or, or to save Ben Solo, whatever you want to call him, uh, bring him back to um, at least a neutral point, right? Yeah, uh, we can argue whether or not he's a Jedi, uh, but they they want to save him from the dark side because we we know the dark side ultimately destroys one's being right yeah. um the other interesting thing i see is that snoke is afraid of luke that's why he wants him destroyed you know kylo wants to we see kylo's emotions getting the better of him he wants to find luke and that's where we see a lot of the story play out but snoke he's the dark lord or whatever he is playing in the background um he he wants he wants him gone okay if he's gone he's out of the picture fine i don't care if he's dying on a lonely planet or not but he said once he comes back the jedi will come back and we're doomed right so there's some fear there of how powerful luke is and so i think that's a key thing to see uh, because i think we'll see that play out more in the next two episodes yeah um well, we've talked a lot about the Jedis and the Sith and some of the, the codes and the philosophies behind it. We're going to do our best to dig really deep into that on our next episode. I know we've been hinting at that. Um sorry if that's gotten annoying to you. Uh, but uh, tune in next month for our uh, Star Wars, our final Star Wars episode, as we dig into the philosophy behind Star Wars and within Star Wars. Uh, you know, we try to have our episodes out about the 15th of each month right now. That's about all we can do with our busy schedules. But next month, we're going to try to uh, have it on a special date, May the 4th. right? And if you're not familiar with that, that it sounds like May the Force be with you. Kent, and so it's Kent. Star Wars Day. Uh, so be looking for our next episode uh, on May the 4th as you watch all seven eight movies that are out and that's including rogue one at the time Um, as you celebrate tune in uh, give us a listen Uh, thank you again for listening to the average smart guys podcast guys Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already and feel free to comment on our blog or email us at average smart guys at (laughs) gmail.com